This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. I don't have, I have my blurred background on this one. Oh, well. It looks great. I Just love your all house. My, all of my, my gallery wall, which needs to be updated. Hello. This is for our Patreons, right? That's right. And for eventually a couple of days later. Oh, yeah. Our- you guys are getting the video element and uh, early access because we right. love you. That's and this right. was actually a Patreon request that came in. Mm-hmm. Um, Josie, I believe that's correct. Yeah, and it's so funny because we had actually talked about the fact that this was something that we had to do because mm-hmm. we just recorded. I think it was maybe in November because it was when we did House of Yes, and then mm-hmm. um, and oh no, it was December because we did House of Yes, and then we did Spirit. No, no, Spirited was different. I should have researched what episodes <laughs> we covered this in. Anyway, it's a two-parter where we covered the story of uh, Alex Murdaugh. And just for like a quick recap, also for you, Vaughn, because I don't know how much of this you paid attention to in the recent news. But anyway, Alex Murdaugh was a member of a very predominant family in uh, an area of South Carolina called the Low Country, which is made up of, I think, five different counties. Mm-hmm. Basically, a member of his family had been like the the district prosecutor or solicitor, I believe is how they termed it. But the guy that decides like who to charge, when to charge, what to charge with, if you're going to go for the death penalty or not, like the person making those choices, a member of his family had been in that position of power for a hundred years. And then on um, July 7th of, I think 2021, it was 2021 or 2022, but I believe it was 2021. His wife, Maggie and son, Paul were both murdered at their family home down near the dog kennels. And then just a couple months later, there was an attempt on his life, which ended up um, coming out that he had actually hired uh, like a very distant, you know, like a fourth or fifth cousin of his to kill him. So he actually hired the hitman and um, he did it supposedly to give his son Buster the li- a life insurance policy. Anyway, he got found out. This is about the same time that also uh, all of the financial crimes he committed, like stealing tons of money from clients and his company, uh, all came to light, which then revealed his massive abuse of opioids that had been going on, I guess, kind of behind closed doors for years. Long story short, about a year after the murder of his wife and son, they charged him with 
those murders. And then the trial just began in 2023 and it actually ended. Um, well, let's see. The sentencing was March 3rd. So I guess maybe the trial ended on the 2nd with uh, the jury coming back very quickly with a guilty verdict. And then the judge sentencing Alex Murdaugh to two consecutive life sentences without the possibility of parole. And that's before they even go to court on all the financial stuff. So like this man will never, ever step foot outside of jail again. So I just wanted to tell Yuvon some of the things that we learned during the trial and also just some of the kind of wild things that happened. Like, for example, uh, there was a bomb threat called in at one point and the whole courtroom had to evacuate. What? Yeah, just like weird, you know, because this story in and of itself was so strange and it felt so like, are you kidding me? Remember when I ended that first part and I was like, and then the person who was shot in the head on the side of the road was Alex Murdoch. And you were yeah. like, what? I yeah, know. It's, it's crazy. And it turns out when you do um, really awful, horrible things, trying to get away with, you know, trying to cover up and get away with like other horrible, awful things you've done, you come up with some pretty outlandish, crazy, unbelievable ideas on how to accomplish that. And then you get caught. And that's, that's what happened nice. here. So I think the craziest shenanigans in terms of like outside forces was definitely the bomb threat. But we learned a lot of things during the trial that actually kind of bolstered, I think, both sides. Like some things that I I mean, obviously didn't work out. And also, I will just state, I believed that he was guilty when we covered this before he yes. went on to trial. I, I agree with the jury's decision, um, but it was interesting to learn some of the things that the, his defense was using. Uh, which basically was the bungled kind of police investigation. So the night of Maggie Always. and Paul's murders, they like let all the friends and family like come trudging around like the scene of the murders. They did not cover the bodies with a tarp, but instead with a sheet, it was raining outside. So like physical evidence was definitely destroyed. Then they allowed everyone after they were like, you got to go. This is a crime scene. They let all of them go back to the house acting as if there couldn't potentially be evidence there and released the house actually back to the Murdoch family the day after the murder without, I mean, police went there, but they never really treated the house as a part of the crime scene or looked for evidence. Um, so that's all very interesting and unfortunate. I mean, this is again, very rural South Carolina, but it, it, I don't know, based on like what we kind of covered and you should go back and listen to the episodes if you are not familiar I mean, it's been all all over the news, like national news. And there's two there's two documentaries. There's now one on Netflix as well. I know I have to one watch on it. HBO, the Low Country one. Yeah, and I need to watch the one on Netflix because I heard there's several people in the Netflix documentary that have not yet appeared in any of Ooh. the other documentaries. So I'll be curious. And I mean, I don't I don't want to like rehash all of it because there's so much, and it's it's just an, a really interestingly. I mean, it's just horrible. The whole the whole story is horrific. Uh, the abuse of power yeah, that, that this man just truly believed, like he just believed he could get away with all of this. Um, some of the takeaways from the trial, Vaughn. So when he was giving police his alibi, I don't know if you remember this, but he said that Maggie and Paul had gone down to walk the dogs at the dog kennel. He had taken a nap. And then at nine o'clock, I believe he went to his mom visit his mom yeah who has dementia so she was like not a great like alibi witness somebody to confirm this alibi 
But there was like a healthcare worker who knew that he had swung by. Well, it turns out that when they were searching on Paul's phone, it took them a year to like get into this phone because they didn't have, I don't know, like the passwords or the ability to crack into the, I don't know. I'm like, bring in the tech people from like all the way up there and let's get her done. But anyway, they finally get into his phone and they find a video that was taken at 8.45 p.m., the night of the murders. So this is when Alex said that he was napping right shortly before he left. Uh, he's doing like a, I think it's a Snapchat video. Maybe yeah, that's the why. The kid is so disappear. Yeah. egomaniacal. Or, you know, he's just like, he's this, they, they didn't know. This kid's like freaking, it yeah. wasn't TikTok, but he was like Snapchatting his whole life every few seconds. Yeah, he, apparently that was also a big part of it. Like determining time of death for them is that, Paul was known to literally never not be on his phone right. and abruptly at 8.49 p.m. that night. Done. Done. He never he never touched his phone again. Um, and at 8.45, yeah, he was recording like a Snapchat or something at the kennels. And you can hear a man's voice, which they brought in mm-hmm. dozens of witnesses who identified this voice as the voice of his dad, proving that he was at the kennels with them, which is the, the site, the scene of the murder. It's where they were shot and killed. That he was, in fact, there. And according to like their again, I feel like this is a little like I don't know how much. Yes, we can say that he's always on his phone. I don't know that that really can be used to completely pinpoint the exact time of death. But shortly after all phone usage stopped and at 9 p.m., we do know that Alex Murdoch took off like a bat out of hell. They used like the the technology from inside his vehicle to like track the speed he was going. He was going like over 80 miles an hour on these like rural country roads. Whoa. Like racing to get. What to kind of car moms. did he have? I can't remember, but it was like, I think it was an SUV. And it was definitely a newer one because it had all of that like internal technology that yeah. tracked its movements and apparently its speed. I didn't know things like that existed. Then they brought in so many witnesses, Vaughn. Um, so the current housekeeper for the family not the one that had died suspiciously yeah yeah watch low country on hbo and check out the new netflix one i'm sure it's just as it's probably kind of coming at a different angle right like everybody already kind of knows now that he's on trial um but what you were saying with the with the housekeeper that died yeah he 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 was like telling her kids oh we'll get you money and then stole the money yeah, from stole the like woman. three million dollars from the two teenage oh, yeah, sons from the kids. It's so of the up. woman who had worked for his family, basically like been the nanny to his kids and like cleaned his house for twenty years. And apparently, Vaughn, that case is being reopened. Oh, mm-hmm. as a result of many things, you know, coming out about the murder yeah. family and this uh, crazy amount of people that died around them. Yeah, uh, but his new housekeeper, I guess, when she testified, she had um testified to the fact that when she came in the following day, not only was she asked to, but she was allowed to clean the house because again, they never treated the house like a crime scene and that she picked up a blue shirt and a pair of khaki pants and that she washed them that day. Now there's also like contradicting things about what he was wearing in the video versus what he said he was wearing. Anyway, those two pieces of clothing that she did clean, well, they were never found again. And those are purportedly the clothes that, I think he was maybe wearing in the video. So they would have been tested for like gunshot residue or anything like that. Um, Also, just like they allowed the financial crimes element to this is why there will definitely be an appeal. It'll be interesting to see how it plays out, because I think it was risky. Uh, 
you know, they introduced all those other bad acts, which a lot of times they don't let you do because you're not allowed to basically say, well, you must be guilty of murder because you were guilty of stealing money from all these people that you, you know, were supposed to be helping. So we'll see how that plays out in the court of appeals, because, of course, he will appeal. They always appeal. Um, And he's a lawyer as well. One of the interesting things to Vaughn was the judge who presided over this trial. I'm actually shocked that it was able to go forward and take place where it did like they had to remove a portrait of Alex Murdoch's grandfather from the courtroom to make sure what? that somehow that didn't come into play to make everything fair. Here's my granddaddy. I mean, and then the Looking judge, over the me, judge literally when he was me. sentencing him, Vaughn was pissed at the jury. No, at Alex Murdoch, because he oh. knew him. He's like, you have been in my courtroom on numerous occasions as, Ooh. you know, pr- like practice practicers of the law. We have been at many like social engagements over the years together. Uh, he basically was like, I hope they haunt you for the rest of your life. I hope every time you close your eyes at night, you see their what? faces and like, like, it's awesome. You can oh read like gosh. the whole transcript of what the judge said. It was I was thinking about it, but it, it was very long, but it was. I mean, he gave him the harshest punishment he could because they did not allow for the possibility of the death penalty in this case, Fania, but they did. You know, it could have been as little as 30 years to what he was actually <laughs> given, which uh-huh. is to consider, oh, you got a person in here? Yes, they're scared someone. the shiitake mushrooms out of me. <laughs> Luckily, we've got headphones in so they can't hear what we're talking about. Oh, my God. <laughs> because I can't see because I've got... <laughs> Yeah. Oh my gosh. I've got like, like a, a virtual background. Oh mm-hmm. my God. I literally just shit my pants on. <laughs> oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. Hello, child. Sorry, I don't know which one. Now, but it was my oh, little that's one. So funny. He was, I just felt tapping and I'm like, what is that? And I looked down and it's just him holding his teddy bear. Oh, oh my gosh. <gasps> okay. Sorry. Whew. No, it's okay. I'm glad that you it breath. was just your son <laughs> and nothing actually scary. That is terrifying. <laughs> Also, you're right. We couldn't see anything because you have a virtual background. It and so like right I just there. saw you like looking and kind of being like, <laughs> what's happening right now in my room? <laughs> I also keep thinking this microphone right here. I'm like, uh-huh. why is there like an arm? It's not. It's just a mic stand, but it's at a weird angle. Oh, we're trying something new, everybody. It's all right. But that's so we're funny. We're giving it a go. We're giving oh my it a God. go. So I've sorry. lost track of where we were. No, okay, no, it's totally fine. How pissed oh, the judge so he was. got the the judge basically gave him the maximum possible yeah. sentencing, which I think is very satisfying to a lot of people. Yeah. And obviously, I don't think anything will be as sensational as this trial was. Um, it lasted six weeks. They called in over like 70 witnesses. Alex Murdaugh himself testified, which if you're someone like me who's like super into criminal investigation right. cases and trials, uh, it's really unwise to right. testify as a defendant it's basically if you do it it's because you know you're gonna lose and so it's a hail mary mm-hmm. is how i've heard it described by people talking about this particular case so it's it's i have like something on my computer that keeps giving me like a black dot on my face um like, please, oh no you look great and i guess no, but, he, I heard, but i had heard or i i didn't watch it but i saw someone talking about it about the jurors saying that they were crying with him when he was giving his testimony, like they were, it seemed like they were. It seemed like it was working. Yeah. Well, and I was like, oh, God, I, you know, I'm I'm guessing, you know, here's the deal. Like, I think that this man. Is more at, they <laughs> described his like he killed his wife and son, like they were saying the motive was to basically 
draw attention away from like the imminent discovery of all of his financial criminal activity. I think, obviously, I don't think that's a very smart motive if that was his motive because it yeah. just drew way more scrutiny onto him in every aspect of his life. And I think he's more of a family annihilator that like he yeah. saw the writing on the wall. Everyone was going to find out what he was up to. And men with a certain fucking crazy. I mean, he did try to have himself killed. And that does, if we think about the fact that maybe his plan wasn't to survive, that maybe his cousin was just like, I couldn't do it. You know, like you're my family. So I said mm. I would do this, but I kind of chickened out. In the low country, they make it seem more like he was always planning on surviving, but wanted it to look like somebody was after the family. But right. if that wasn't true, that would definitely make him, I think, more of a family annihilator. Somebody that was like, oh, you know, the reality of like who I am is I have to I have to wipe out my whole family to like somehow. I don't know. They erase the shame of my sins. They must also die, too. Uh, and it's what about Buster like that a little Buster. So he, so, well, he's not little anymore, but I guess he had to drop out of law school, I'm which sure. makes sense. He I mean, he was at the trial. He was there. Did he day. testify? I don't know. And I feel bad. I should have looked into that. I feel like he probably did. I think I yeah. think all a lot of family members testified on his behalf, like for the defense on his behalf. Um, he looked, you know, very, very, very sad when his dad was found guilty. I mean, the, the thing is that this is just tragic for this family. And uh, so much of it, as we learned from the low country, in which I'm sure there's even more to learn from the new the murder murders on Netflix, mm -hmm. is just that, you know, the 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 centuries worth of power. That's why power is so dangerous, you know, it's mm -hmm. it's why people will do anything to keep it and why maybe it's like people shouldn't be able to have that much power over like a whole entire community or say like a, I don't know, a yeah. country or it's anything like, like that. Yeah, no. Yeah. True. And power. I mean, that's why politicians are usually willing to like say what they got to say to stay in power, you know, um, different conversation. But, but yeah, I mean, obviously I can't imagine that Buster's life is anything but awful as a result of his father's actions, um, as a result of the scrutiny on his family and well, remember the um, other kid who got and the other kid killed. who they, I know in the low country, they strongly suggested that he was involved with the murder of a fellow um, high school student who he may and, have had a romantic relationship. Yeah. With and they say that it didn't sound like Buster to be violent. It sounded like his brother. However, yeah. I mean, who knows? Maybe his brother did it because Buster needed the a, I don't know. I don't want that's. That's I don't want to get like sued. This is all sure. I'm alleging that there's been no charges brought or anything like that. Although Listen, uh, we will we will keep paying attention. Though, if HBO get, doesn't get sued and you do, it'd be crazy. So, well, that's yeah. true. Like for all like for all, I don't know, like 16 of our page months. Like, <laughs> that girl, she's profiting off of her lies. Um, <laughs> but I'm, I'm trying to think if there was anything else really why I, for me what i found really obnoxious was was just it's uh, he's an obvious liar and he's a skilled liar he got away yeah. with lying and bilking people out of millions of dollars one i really do want to know like where'd the money go at this point he's saying it all went to the drugs that is which to me i'm like that's a lot of drugs dude like wasn't it something like 10 million dollars that they he had embezzled from clients and like by the time he was arrested, that was about that much. I mean, it was four million just from three or four million just from those two boys yeah. whose mom died in his home and he had a house, you know, home insurance. Um, I don't know how you spend all of that on 
opioids. I don't actually never purchased one, so I don't know what the going rate is. But that's insane. I mean, that's like saying, what are you doing like thousands of pills a day? You'd be dead. Yeah, you'd be dead. Maybe Um, he's getting hooker. I'm sorry. Maybe he's getting sex workers. And who knows? But the thing is, is that like that nobody can find that money. And it'll be interesting now, now that I mean, literally, like he's never leaving jail again. Maybe he'll come clean and tell them where the money is if he has it hidden somewhere. Although maybe he's trying to keep it safe for Buster. I don't know. I'm sure it's, that's what I would think is. He yeah, probably he's probably trying to keep it safe for his account. kid. Um, And we'll obviously, yeah, I'll keep my eyes out if anything comes to light with this new, like the open investigation of his former uh, nanny and housekeeper. I believe her name was Gloria. And I should have just, I should have done a quick read, deep, deep dive into like the whole story. But instead I was like, let's talk about the trial. Yeah, no. <laughs> and I the jury be. actually was taken on the last day before deliberations. They were taken to the dog kennels to like to the scene of the crime, which is something that does happen. Rare, I feel like rarely though, that you hear stories of like, I think in the OJ Simpson case, the jury went to Nicole Brown Simpson's house. Although don't like a hundred percent hold me to that. I might be Crazy. confusing it with like an episode of Law and Order I watched. Um, but it is a thing that I know happens on TV more than it happens in real life. But it did happen here, mm. and I'm wondering, you know, if that, if seeing like the distance between like the house, the dog kennels, where the cars would have been, and also there's a big shout out to the family dog because he had uh, grabbed something and was chewing on something that he wasn't supposed to, which is the only reason that Alex Murdoch said anything in that moment that Paul was taking that video. So he was like, he was being like, Hey, Bubba, I don't know the dog's name, put that down or let go or drop it, you know? And that's the only, so if the dog hadn't misbehaved, he might not have ever said anything and we would never have been able to prove that he was there Uh. within, you know, maybe minutes before it is interesting, though. Both of them were shot. They were shot with two different types of guns. Um, Neither one of them have, like, any kind of, like, defensive positioning to suggest that they saw it coming. And so I don't know how you catch two people off guard. You know, like, because mm. Paul was killed first. How would Maggie not? Unless he maybe he, like, knocked her over the head and knocked her out. For, I don't know. That was something that I thought was was interesting. The defense mentioned not successfully, obviously, but like to suggest that it had to be more than one person who did it. Um, but I guess, I guess it it didn't have to be that way. And who knows? I again, maybe that's why they took them there to show them the space, how much room mm. there was that maybe Maggie could have been far enough away to like not really understand what was going on and to actually head back over towards her son, then to be confronted, right, with her husband. Um. But yeah, in the in the words of the judge, and I hope this is true. I, I hope that Maggie and Paul visit you every night. Yeah. Screw that yeah. guy. That's just it's so horrible. How do you murder your wife and son? I don't know. You like you are crazy. You have to be. You have to be. And I mean, the judge did say something about like, you know, you might not have been the person who killed them. Maybe the monster you became in that moment when your life was falling apart and you were taking all of the drugs because that guy was capable of it and you are also him and he is also you. So while I can look at you now and believe you when you say I could never. Right. I know I felt about it. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, that's the thing. His life, he can believe himself when he's saying it. He, he believed himself when he was saying that, but that's the truth. But he's also a really good liar. Like the, 
and the closing statements and stuff, the prosecutors kept pointing out how like when he was sitting here telling you he was innocent and saying emphatically no, and then he would nod his head in the specific way. It's the same way he nodded his head when he told the police that he was nowhere near the dog kennels that night. So it's like he's the way he can lie very mm. convincingly. Mm. And he copped to the fact that he lied to the cops. He told us that he did lie and that he was he would lie because he was paranoid because he had pills on him. Um, So, like, don't believe him. He's a he's a talented liar. And obviously the jury agreed and I, found I him guilty. I also don't think he was afraid of the police about pills. No. You know what like, I mean? Like, he, double like he owned the police a little bit. Yeah. Also, and it's like, this is a double homicide involving your wife and child. You think anyone is going to bust you in this moment for having a bottle of illegal pills in your pocket. No, no, no one is even going to like notice that. So yeah, just a lot of hooey he was spewing up there. It's very sad, but it, I mean, mean, I'm glad gross. justice was, was. Yeah. So, okay. I mean, maybe I'm going to ask a dumb question here, but like, ask away. when they appeal, could he be released after an appeal or that's I mean, it's unlikely he would be released. I think like the best case scenario for him in terms of appeal would be if for some reason uh, a higher court or however that I don't actually know, like that it goes through several things in appeal. Um, but okay. if a court agrees that like they should not have been able to use the evidence of the crimes he committed at work to like show motive because they were i mean their argument was like that's the motive is he is he was about to be discovered and he was apparently trying to distract everyone from his financial crimes by murdering his family um but if they could argue that like you can't introduce other bad acts because it prejudices the jury against him and therefore that violates his due process he's not getting a fair trial and if they were to agree with that then the most likely outcome would that he'd be retried they would basically uh. say, like, we're setting aside the conviction. The, this probably won't happen. That would be I think that'd be shocking if he actually won his appeal. That'll probably be the grounds of it. And the best case scenario for him would be them saying, OK, we'll set aside your conviction. But then, you know, the DA's office will just charge him again and take him to trial again. Um, plus, he's facing lifetime in prison for the other financial crimes that I'm pretty sure he completely admitted to in this trial. He's like, no, no, no. Yeah, I did those, but I didn't kill. Yeah, I definitely stole millions of dollars from people that I actually really care about. I still do. I don't know how I did them that way. Those were like his exact words. I'm like, you're fucking crazy. Piece of shit. Yeah. And just I. I'm so I'm so glad that that century's worth of power. Has yeah. completely like implode and no more and hopefully that part of you know south carolina the residents there will you know be like never again can we just let one group of people be in charge of this right. very important aspect of of justice in our county like they decide who goes to trial who doesn't they decide who gets um the death penalty who doesn't that's that's again so much power and so hopefully the low country from here on out will be like, we do elections and we do not just keep reelecting the same person over and over again until they're dead and then elect their I, son. I feel like one would think that there's like some sort of checks and balances in the United States on that. Like, are there other counties where that shit's going down? I mean, I'm sure there are, honestly. And I feel like I don't know enough about 
specifically South Carolina, but like every state government, every state has different like local like state laws. Like there are federal laws for sure. Um, But I was just. What was I just listening to? I was listening to something. Oh, no, it's a book, so it might not be true. It was fake. (laughs) But I was listening to something where they were saying like in this part in Nebraska, like a governor can't just grant a pardon to somebody like, say, the president can. And I think in certain places, governors can pardon people in their state. Uh, um, but in the, and this might not be true, guys, because I literally heard this in a fictional book, but that in Nebraska, there's a board, a pardon board, and he's only one member. And so that was complicating the plot. <laughs> My ooh, story mm, mm-hmm. It's a pretty good book. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that would be, I think, like the best case scenario for him would be a retrial. Like they would grant a, not a mistrial, but they would basically overturn his conviction. And I know for a fact that they would immediately charge him again. He wouldn't get out even if he was like if his conviction was set aside or whatever. Uh, but I don't see that happening. I feel Full like I, I I feel like the jury got it right, even though it only took them. You know, they didn't think too hard about it. They deliberated for three hours. <laughs> so they clearly I think one of the jurors said when they went in. There was. Two not guilty is one not sure and then nine people guilty and it took them like three hours to change those people's minds so i don't know like how strong their convictions were or you know if just by simply pointing out a couple things they were like oh right because yeah three hours isn't much time no i was supposed to be uh on the jury uh, or i was i had jury duty and I like tried to post well because I I am taking care of like little ones, so it's really sure. hard for me. So and I didn't know you can check on a thing that says either if you're taking care of like an elderly person or or little. Anyways, I didn't realize there's like a thing you can check, but instead I kept like just like postponing it and postponing it, and then I it didn't I didn't show up because I didn't. Oh my couldn't. god, is there a warrant out for your arrest? Well, but I looked I'm just in, kidding. That's but not no, because I, well, I was really worried because honestly, part of me would love to be on a jury. It's fascinating yeah. to me, you know, but obviously I just can't right now. Um, but I like looked my jury number up and it says that I served and I'm like, what happened? You're like, I should cause... call because I don't want to get in trouble. <laughs> right. You don't want to be like, I did not send somebody to pretend to be me, oh. but also did somebody pretend to be me because I was not responsible. I for mean, that. that'd be crazy. That's interesting that you said And it was far away, too. It was like in San Fernando Valley or get somewhere else. Like, like California's can't... like, you got to go. I know. Anywhere I was in like, California. That can't be right. It has to be in the county. I think that I could have switch, switched it but you know it's complicated and then i forgot yeah. then i lost my jury number juror number for a while guys and also it's just nobody here's the thing i'm not I, a bad person but no you're not <laughs> i think first of all a lot of people don't don't have any interest in jury duty most people yeah. including me who also finds this stuff interesting because it's not usually an interesting case like this that you that you're going to be on it's like yeah a traffic's violation or some i don't know um but yeah, that's it's weird. It's inter- the process of a jury to me is fascinating that we yeah. would just say like 12 random individuals and obviously questions are asked to make sure there's no like biases or you know n- knowledge like I don't know how they found 12 people that didn't know about this <laughs> ahead of time. That's um, crazy. Since they did not actually like switch locations. Uh 
It's a miracle, I feel. Although yeah. it is pretty rural out there. So maybe they're just people they were able to find people that like don't watch HBO documentaries, you know, and they're like, I don't know. Maybe they're like, do you have HBO Max? Do you have HBO no? Max? Great. And or has anyone in your family ever been sent to jail? If the answer to both of those is no. Well, I always used to crack up. Um, I don't know if you ever watched 30 Rock, but there was a there was an episode where um, Tina Fey's character is trying to get out of jury duty and she like dresses as like Princess Leia and she's like just acts pretty crazy. That's and hilarious. I, I was like, ooh, Adam, what can I do to get out of this? Because I can't. I can't do it. Honestly, I feel like you could be like, I co-host a true crime podcast. Well, that's what he said. And like the the, the defense would be like, no, she definitely knows about this. Like, yeah, you know, or she knows she thinks she knows too much about the law and crime and how things, you know, I bet you that would be all you would have to say. Like, maybe I'm definitely like if it was anything with domestic violence, I'm like, save the woman. Yeah. Can I tell you, I was listening because, you know, I have this new sort of favorite other podcast besides our own, of course, oh. <laughs> um, because, you know, I dabble in the um, meditation world a oh, little yes, bit, but I'm yes. loving this podcast called 10% Happier. Ooh, and the guy, I like the name. Yeah, it's cool. So the guy who is the um, host is this guy named Dan Harris, who's like a journalist and he had like a mental breakdown and whatever. Anyways, he's- I know about this guy. I didn't know yes. he had a podcast, but I know who you're talking yes. about. But I, I love him because he is total cynic, but also like trying. And anyways, in the most recent episode, he interviews a woman. And I'm sorry that I, I just don't have her name. But she they, they're talking about restorative justice, which is it's not it's it's basically using and it's more of like a thing. It, it's it's a something that would happen in like indigenous worlds or even like in the in Buddhist worlds where they would basically get the offender and the offendee, mm-hmm. you know, together after whatever, talking about the crime. And it's all about what does the victim need and how to heal the people involved. And, wow. and so it's a different, it's a different tactic. I, I really recommend it. It was the most recent episode that they allow of, and of 10% I'll, happier. Okay. Yeah. I'll totally check that out. And I feel I, like, it was amazing because the woman who is doing this research was mm-hmm. severely abused as a child and was going to 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 law school to be a prosecutor, but had a change of mind. Right. It's just fascinating. It's so fascinating. So I sometimes not not like in this case, we're not going to like sit down with Alex Murda and be like, so, right. you know, give all but, the money back to the people you stole it from. But there's a lot of people and then in also jail. Go back to jail. Yeah. That sh- that maybe I don't, don't know, need and, to yeah and they or that would also, be willing to like participate and rest. I feel like I've heard about this restorative justice. Like yeah. a lot of people who jail has actually had the the alleged impact it's meant to, where they they do yeah they do repent, they do feel remorse, they they want to atone, and restorative justice would basically being like the perpetrator and the victim of the per- of whatever happened between the two yeah would actually agree to meet mm-hmm. and, and and then the, be counseled through it and like yeah and basically like work work it out to the point of where the the victim is t- gets all their power back and feels yeah healed and then also probably that helps the, the person who hurt them yeah to it's i mean it's complicated like, right like yeah. it's not like black or it's white it's a complicated but... concept because people aren't that cool but what's not working really is putting a a bunch of 
because they talk about people, a lot of people who are commit, commit crimes are traumatized people. Like sure. something happened to them to make them do something this horrible right. thing. It's like, it's just like a never ending cycle. Yeah. I yeah, know what you're talking you're about. You're putting tra- all traumatized people together. So everybody's suffering in magnitudes. Mm-hmm. Anyways, I'm just fascinated and interested yeah. by it because I often, I often wonder just like, yeah. I don't know. But that's, then again, that's interesting. Talk about revenge. I think that the, now that I'm thinking about it, the episode talks about, it's like something about revenge because some people Versus, want revenge. Yeah. You know? Like I'm you sure want the a person lot of to people, suffer. Yeah. A lot of people who, you know, say have like their family members murdered by someone probably, yeah. you know, but you never know. It's, it's yeah. So I highly recommend listen to it. It's great. It's a great episode or a great, yeah, it's a great episode. But if you want to just dabble into this world, into his podcast, there's a five part series where he like, uh, talks to the Dalai Lama. It's amazing. Ooh. I don't know. I'm kind of on this weird path where I'm like, not weird path, but that's a you great know, path. A I've always been path. a bit of a nut job in terms of like anxiety and like, right. you know, so it's, and I only say nut job because whatever, it's how I make myself laugh. But, you know, <laughs> so it's like, how, how do you relax into yeah. it? Not relax, but anyways, it's fascinating. Or yeah. How do you learn to basically control your own mind, which is mm-hmm. uh, practicing like learning how to totally empty your mind, which yeah. to me, Whenever I think of meditation, I'm always impressed by people who can like legit meditate because I'm like, I, I would never not have a running dialogue. Well, in, I think or you monologue do, though. I, I don't know if anybody I don't think you necessarily empty your mind. Maybe you do if you're really. But I think that the what I'm understanding this week today is that you are acknowledging thoughts as they come, but you are not letting them take you sweep you away. Uh, oh, okay. So, so like really the thoughts come and then you yeah. just say, not right now. I'm meditating. Like, there's something about like meditating, like pretending like you are a mountain, but mm-hmm. on this mountain, there are, there's a forest and there's wolves and there's wind and there's all this stuff mm-hmm. happening, but you are steady like a mountain. You know, you are solid. I like that. I know. Crazy, right? So <laughs> we're solid and steady like the mountain. The mountains mm-hmm. here do look absolutely stunning, by the way. With oh my all gosh, snow. you guys, white caps. I know it's crazy, like up there for the people that are all like snowed in and trapped. And I know it's insane, like like so many feet of snow. But it's the first time in so long that I. I mean, you see like the tiny little bit usually, but these are like yeah. snow covered mountains. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I grew up in Washington State, and you'd you'd see the mountains every time it was a clear day in the in the winter. Like right. where I grew up, it was like I think the Blue Mountains were nearby. If you're like in the Pacific Northwest, it's like in the upper. I mean, sort of closer to Seattle, you'd see like Mount Baker, which is gorgeous like near Love where that. where actually Josie and I went to college together and oh, uh cool. yeah it's some fun stuff and also Jess Thorson hi Jess Thorson hi. I get to see her by the way soon Ooh. and I cannot wait fun yeah we might just so have, exciting uh, might just have to have her on our podcast oh that sounds like a great I don't know how to do um, that cool whistle thing you do but we should definitely do that wouldn't that be so amazing that would be sh- I'm sorry oh, no, I hope can't this wasn't distracting for all I people. kind of am obsessed with it I'm like Bonnie keeps losing her arms <laughs> <laughs> but I, I love that work. you're I in the magical forest she's the she's the steady mountain in the forest there you go it's pretty with, cool. with like a terrifying like small child that i know that me. none I of us could God. see just so you know i think my heart stopped <laughs> i'm gonna like play the tape back and look because i i was definitely startled i bet <laughs> well i could definitely tell something had happened i was like well oh there's a person in the room but it took a minute <laughs> and then like, my husband adam came up behind him and was like i was like <laughs> 
Thank you, sweetie. Oh, and before we go, um, I got to see Avrin for like a brief moment. Adam was and I so had nice. date night. It was really nice. We haven't done that in like really long time. And like actually sort of. Yeah. Like got just to had a to night for, yeah, yeah, for you guys. And we it was so you. fun. And they got and they came and saw me. They went and did a really fun thing and then came and saw me. And it was so awesome to see them. I was like, hi, I miss you guys. I know. And I know it, it kind of sucks to like when you're working, because that used to happen to me all the time when I was bartending and right. people would come in and I'm like, oh, but I want to go know. with you. I just ignored people who were trying to order drinks once I had a second bartender with me. Yeah, I know. I was I like, know. you can do this. You got this, dude. And I totally did the name drop. I was like, hey, we just want to come in real quick because it was like a fun night there yeah. where they were ca- charging like a door. And I was like, I just for a second, please. Yeah. And then I then I was like, I'll totally pay. It was not even that much money. And they're like, they we I, I played that weird game where they're like, no, no, go ahead. Just tell them that the door girl says hi. I was like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thank you to the door girl. Yeah. For letting my friends come in and she see was me without sweet. having to pay. And then when we left, she's like, You're leaving so soon. I'm like, I fucking told you. I told bitch. you, man. I told you. All right. Don't I you just... feel good about your choice not to charge me now? Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. I love it. Oh, God bless it. Well, Aww. I love this. Thank you guys. Yeah, Thanks for we listening. Love you guys. I hope uh, I hope you enjoy our little pop up. And definitely, we got we just figured out a new sound thing. And so, if all goes well, we should yeah. be able to do this more often, which would like, be great. Because uh, I love to be able to like not be looking on my phone. I know for sure. All right. Well, we we shall see you guys yes. soon. We love you, Patreons. Thank you so much. Okay. Truly, your support is incredibly meaningful to us and we love you yep we'll see you guys soon bye right, bye okay. thank you for listening to rom crime with avrin and vanya episodes arrive every other tuesday so be sure to subscribe to stay up to date on all things rami and crimey you can also follow us on instagram at rom crime or email us movie and true crime suggestions at rom at gmail.com and as always thanks for listening mm-hmm.